of this episode of the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. Talking about evangelistic preachers and faith-healing mongrels. Where is all this nonsense coming from? And where's all the money going? So get out your granny's pocketbook. So I don't know. Hang on to your seats because it's going to get greasy. And that's right. Here at the Greasy Knuckles, we earn our NSFW rating. We're proud to bring you unedited, unfiltered content. That said, if you're a snowflake or a sensitive type, you might get offended. We support everyone's right to speak freely and put forth thoughts unmuzzled. So enjoy the show, but if you're not 18 or around someone who might not need to hear our thoughts, wear your headphones or find a nice little church program to listen to. Stay greasy. Welcome back to season two of the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. I'm Jabal! And Jay Bone. Rocking and rolling. Hail Satan, brother! <laughs> Already off the rails. Already, we're running this train right off the rails. Okay. So, uh, well, I say we start out. Well, this here graphene right there. Cheers, bud. Milkheads. So, oh, that tastes like dog shit. Gross. Don't drink it. So. <laughs> I gotta start tonight out by saying I found my favorite television evangelist. My favorite television evangelist name. I bet you can guess it. Guy or girl? It's a man. Well, you know. Yeah. Sub- allegedly a man. It's a piece of shit. Um, I'm just saying. I don't know his preferred pronoun. What is his race? He appears to be an African American fella. Crepro Dollar. Crepro Dollar. I knew it. Man, I tell you what. How the fuck can you not be successful as a TV evangelist if your name is Crepro Dollar? Yeah. Man, he's he's uh, got a little famous clip that went around the, the rumor mill for a little while. Yeah. That was about him being like, if I can't ask for a $70 million jet, if I can't praise Jesus for a $70 million jet. Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, telling his congregation like I saw that. You if know, Jesus is here, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Yeah, if Jesus was here, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Yeah, like damn, Creflo, Oh, it's Creflo. Mm-hmm. Creflo Augustus Dollar Junior. Junior, Junior. That means there's a Creflo Augustus so he, Dollar. So he had a daddy named Creflo <laughs> Dollar. That's a badass Creflo name. Creflo Dollar had saying, a daddy. That's a, that's a badass name. Named Creflo Dollar. He was the founder of the non-denominational Christian World Changers Church. Damn, that's a mouthful. College Park, Georgia, suburb of Atlanta. So He also heads the Creflo Dollar Ministerial Association, formerly called International Covenant Ministries, Creflo Dollar Ministries, and Arrow Records. Mm. So, let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced... One of the healing revival ministry like episodes 
I mean, I've never been to one of these big fucking. I, I you know, actually, I take that back. When we lived in Colorado, we we were <coughs> earning. Excuse me, we were going to church, and my wife said that a lady that she knew from she used to be a seamstress. My wife, she still is kind of, but whatever. A lady she knew told her about the church she went to. Okay. So she said, you know, this lady seems nice. You know, they seem like nice people. I want to go check out their church. I'd never been to their church. We showed up. This motherfucker was huge. Yeah. It was one of those big mega churches. Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. shit. We walked in there. They had a gift shop, a Starbucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were selling all their all their wares. And then you walked into the auditorium. There's a full fucking rock band in there. If you want to see something crazy, look up Free Chapel. Where's that? Uh, somewhere in, I think, Athens, Georgia. That was the biggest church. Gainesville campus? Gainesville, Georgia? That's one of the biggest churches I've ever been to. They had a Starbucks and a fucking gift shop and all that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, this place is like, just like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy, dude. But, so, I want to preface this whole episode just like, kind of like yesterday, you know? I don't give a fuck what you believe. Like, it does not bother me as long as you don't. You know, okay. you ain't hurting nobody or nothing like that. Right. I don't give a fuck. The problem I have is with these faith healers and false healers false that give prophets. people false hope. You know, yeah. well, I don't like to use false prophets because I don't think there are any prophets. Like, nobody around today that's just like yesterday, right? The only people that are telling the future are the ones that aren't monetizing it, the ones that aren't famous, you know, right. like your little witch friend that was like, this is what you're going to say, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. She wasn't monetizing that. So maybe. But as for all these people that claim they can do all this shit, I don't think there are any prophets. Now, if you think there are, cool. Don't give a shit. Yeah. Regardless, these people are assholes because they keep giving false hope. They... There's been some of these services that I was watching where they had their congregants throw their medications out into the aisle. Yeah. Like, get rid of your medications, throw them out into the aisle. And, like, you just see thousands of pill bottles in the aisle. Yeah. And a lot of these people fucking die, dude. Like, of course. they, They need these medications, but they believe because... So I've been to one of these faith healing revivals, right? Yeah. Like I told you, I grew up in the church. We were in a cult, like all sorts of shit. We went to uh, Dr. Howard Brown. Okay. David Howard Brown, I think his name is. He's a guy from like Australia or New Zealand or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can look him up. He's called the Laughing Preacher. Oh, yeah. And what he does is he, they've broke his sermons down into like a science and like how, um, like hypnosis and shit works. Right. So essentially he gets people hypnotized and that's how people fall under like the Holy Ghost and all that shit. Yeah, they get the spirit. I got called up on stage and, uh, like he called me out of the crowd and everything. Yeah. Because... I just started crying, like, for no reason. I was just in the in the pew, and I was like, this is the craziest fucking place I've ever been to. Started crying like crazy, and then he pointed to me and had me come up on stage, and I was like, you know, it wasn't, 
it was kind of like what you said when we talked about hypnosis you didn't have any aspirations of like i'm not doing that yeah it's like when he told me to come up on stage i wasn't like worried about what people were thinking of me so i guess in a sense i have been hypnotized before during that but when he said like come up on stage i was like yep and then i went up on stage man i fuck i wish i would have remembered this when we were talking about the hypnosis and he did the whole like praying and fucking where's my you know yeah. thing and dude i laid out it felt like i was there for like a couple minutes apparently like i talked to my mom and my brother later and uh rodney howard brown rodney howard brown yeah um but i talked to my mom and my brother later and i was up there for hours i guess On stage? i was yeah i guess i was asleep or whatever but <laughs> he was asleep dude it felt like just a couple minutes but it was it was the weirdest thing ever and i was like this shit is real but obviously that those endorphins and that rush of adrenaline and all that shit from everybody feeling the same way and like him using the music and the uh, certain tone of voice and repetition and all that shit puts you in that yeah. certain trance and after you leave there it wears off and that's the same thing that happens with a lot of these people that are like oh I haven't been able to walk without pain for years and now I'm able to it's because their adrenaline is up so high like during these events that of course you don't feel any pain like you don't feel any back pain you don't feel any leg pain nothing mm-hmm. because it's like going to a fucking hypnotherapist you right. know like yeah. you don't feel you don't pain. want cigarettes yeah, yeah that so kind of thing. yeah it was weird man it was I would go back just for like now that I have a different outlook on everything mm-hmm. I'd go back and just see like how it works and stuff but um yeah he's he's the laughing preacher he gets people just laughing like crazy and I remember I was sitting there and my brother beside me he started laughing I was like and it wasn't like <laughs> yeah it was like ha 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 you know fucking yeah. loud right I was like, Tom, what the hell is wrong with you? And then he raised his hands up in the air. I was like, put your fucking hands down. Like, what the? <laughs> and I was like, I guess he got tranced, you know, before me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, man, shut up. Like, you know, chill out. Well, Rodney Howard Brown looked out and he's like, that guy. And he walks up. And I was like, you're going to get us in trouble, dude. Like, I didn't know what was going on. And he got him out in the aisle you know and he laid out did he speak in tongues yeah he did all that stuff but I'm I'm telling you it's it's weird if you see any of Rodney Howard Brown's like all you have to do is look up one of his little sermon things they're all exactly the same it's a script but I was there at, at one of them and it was the craziest shit I ever went to. Yeah, I never I never been to one of those like those weird things, you know. The fucking the big tent revivals or anything like that. I mean we we had like revival when I was growing up at church and sometimes it'd get a little heated in there or whatever, but you know, it, it was Southern Baptist, so it was all about like crispy white people standing still real quiet, you know. Dude, my family was all about it. And it was like, <clears> oh there's a there's a revival two hours away. We're driving to it. 
on like a Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon. Like, yeah, yeah, let, let's go out and drive two hours to this place, spend four hours there, two hours back. Hey kids, I know you're hungry. You can eat when we get home. Like, <laughs> like we've been gone for 12 hours. I always no, thought, no, no, no. McDonald's is too expensive. I always thought the speaking in tongues things was pretty funny like this. Somebody give God praise! Oh, come on, praise him! Like, the whole bit like, shimmer, hobbana, 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 I forget which person it is. He he uh, talks about how like I've seen limbs grow, I've seen midgets grow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't make this stuff up. And yeah, yeah. He, he talks about like. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's Bob. That's Robert Tilton. Robert Tilton. He was one of the craziest fucking ones that I found. Like Robert Gibson Tilton. That dude is I'll out make of control. This stuff up. He's like rolling around on the letters and stuff. Yeah. There's a there's actually a um. An urban legend, if you will, that he got ink poisoning. That he got ink poisoning from that shit. Really? Are you looking for YouTube? Yeah. Just hit look. Just hit oh, the, okay. little, the the squares in the corner, make it bigger. But but he was fucking. I tried to look up that dude you're talking about. It was all like hour long fucking sermons and shit. But yeah, that dude was crazy, bro. They said he got ink poisoning from rolling around on all those letters one time or something. Jesus I don't Christ. believe it. I don't think that's true. I think you'd have to, it'd be a lot, you'd have to, like, get ink injected in your skin, probably, to get some kind of fucking, what? So this is Kenneth Copeland and Rodney Howard Brown. Once you hear this, yeah, it might, because this clip went fucking viral, like, yeah. apeshit viral, because they were doing the, the laughing in the spirit, yeah. as they called it, and the speaking in tongues, but one of them was, like... They were acting like they could understand each other. Oh, yeah, like they're having a conversation. Yeah. Just turn it up on the, on the top up there. That'll turn it up. All right. I might be able to do it from here. Oh, I will once it... Uh, name of Jesus. Yeah, I can do it from there. All right, so... But, yeah, the, I just think that those guys, man, like there's so much bullshit involved, like we were talking about yesterday with learning people's information before they fucking bring them up on stage and shit. Yeah. But these guys are fucking scam artists, bro. Did you ever hear David the Apostle? He's the one that had the deposition that was that kind of went famous, like the, yeah. the black guy. Yeah. They his actually let me see that right there. His um. Right, whenever you're, whenever you're ready, you ready for that? Right. Here's a little sample. So here's a sample of uh, Kenneth Copeland and Howard Brown laughing in the spirit and talking in tongues in the spirit. And Kenneth Copeland's one of the craziest motherfuckers out there. And I'm on Zugura Televia. And Sakara Dias Tukora. Hey, boy. Hey, ha. Woo, Trevia Pala. Many in Sukora Day. Ha, 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 for there's a new dimension coming to your ministry. You've known this, and yes, you've hungered for it, and you've said, oh, God. But the Lord is only thee this night, yes, even in this So that wasn't even another language. If you guys don't know what speaking in tongues is and, like, laughing in the spirit and all that shit, it's they get it from the Bible where it talks about how the priests were speaking in languages they couldn't understand. So they take that as like, oh, well, it's a language, but to God, like only God and the angels can understand it and all this other stuff. 
So they take it way out of context, and they take that as like you just babble on and like, oh, get what I did there, Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> Maybe that's where it came from. So the Tower of Babel. Could be. <laughs> Which we gotta talk about that. <laughs> that <laughs> that's fucking. That's weird. But the Tower so anyways, of Babel. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that. I'll put it in the notes. Um, but yeah, they just think it's like this, this gift, you know. But anybody can do it. All you gotta do is act like a fucking child and just babble and make absolutely no sense but people are like man I'll tell you what he's got the gift of spanking in time oh, like it's just it's sad to see these fucking children like cause there are some good people out there that are preachers that aren't in it for the money they're not in it to like you know scam people they truly believe what they're preaching yeah, but I found clips of people like this. The the one guy that I was looking into uh, might have been Jim Baker, I think was mm. the one. No, not Jim Baker. I don't remember which one it was. I'll figure. I'll remember in a little bit. But oh, it's Mike Murdoch. That's who it was. I found the clip of him telling like telling people like you know um, maybe it's your last thousand dollars, you know, but God will give it back tenfold if you send it to me. So he's like. Maybe you got a secret bank account nobody but you and God knows about. Maybe you got a thousand dollars that you were gonna use for retirement mm-hmm. or college. Like they don't give a fuck, bro. They just want all your pennies. Yeah. And did you hear about that guy that was a preacher, like was a faith healer and all that shit, who grew up and started like getting a guilty conscience from it? It's like that. Oh no, I didn't hear about that one. Oh, I did. I do remember this. So he grew up in that whole scene like his parents did it he did it i think he started preaching and got like his ordainment and all that shit when he was like six or something like that like it was crazy but fuck i can't remember his name but i do remember that story about the kid i'm sure you could look it up pretty easily but um i wasn't trying to be rude there i'm just saying like all you'd have to look up is faith healer that blew the whistle or some shit and i'm sure it'd be the first result but um so yeah he he grew up in that whole scene doing this shit for years and years and years and then he's like man i can't do this to people anymore because he knew it was bullshit and he had talked to like all the other faith healers before going up and doing the preaching and stuff and they all knew no it's bullshit so he got out of that scene he's like i can't do it anymore went out to cali tried to make it you know couldn't make it really and he got back into it because yeah. it was easy money. I can't remember that guy's name, man. I, I don't want to try to just like sit here and Google shit yeah. while we're talking, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that completely. But in one of the times, he, he said he got this ink that reacted to sweat, mm-hmm. like to perspiration. So he painted a cross on his yeah. forehead with this ink. And he said as he was preaching, that cross showed up in what looked like blood on his forehead. And he said that night was his biggest night ever for, like, donations. He got fucking crazy money from it. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways. I do remember the whole story of that dude. What? I, so, what I was telling you a minute ago about um, about Pastor David, the guy that had the deposition. Like, I'm sure if I show you, like, it was this dude. He had a... Yeah. He talked yeah. about, like, they were like, why do you wear Gucci suits and stuff like that? And he was like, because I sweat through my clothes when I'm on the road, so I got to have nice things. They're like, you spent 30 <laughs> fucking thousand dollars on belts, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they're high quality belts. You know, I know they're going to last. So this guy had, like, a fucking excuse for everything. 
and pretended that he didn't understand the questions and shit like that. But do you, if you don't, if you don't remember, he got called out about um, a two point eight million dollar property in St. Louis that they listed as an asset on a tax form. And he said it was a residential center, like that nobody lived there. They used what it for the like fuck? a resort where they can teach and treat or train, and like, you know, if they have like uh, different leaders in the religious faith, they have a place to stay. Basically, they were trying to say they're they're writing off on their taxes as not being a home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was in uh, that was 2016 is when he had that deposition, right? I found out <laughs> that this motherfucker. They, he changed the name of it to Kingdom of God Global Church, right? Yeah. And uh, he the, the deposition was for corruption. Has purchased an $8.3 million mansion in Tampa, Florida. Damn! He bought it from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers co-owner, Darcy Glazer Kasowitz, and her husband. This It's a 28,893-square-foot main house and a 2,600-square-foot guest house. So... Anyways, it, but they're trying to say again that it's just like a rec- like a center, like a retreat. Yeah. But this dude didn't go to prison, I guess. But, I mean, it's got like a fucking pool and spa. It's got lush landscapes with a cabana and a fireplace, limestone terrace areas, an entertaining pavilion with an outdoor kitchen. The list goes on and on. But he, that dude said he raised a woman from the dead one time with a Facebook message. Jesus Christ. Like he legitimately said that. Pastor David Taylor... And an unidentified woman he claims was raised from the dead through a Facebook message. And he has a picture of this old, um, I'm going to go ahead and assume, Asian-looking lady right there. The one I showed you yeah. was wearing the purple jacket. So if you want to see some fucking crazy shit about televangelists, look up Pastor David. That deposition is, I think, about three and a half hours long, four hours. Worth, it's worth watching the whole fucking thing. Like, so- they, they turned a, a, a Mercedes into a limo. And he was just like, well, I mean, when we pick people up from the airport, we got to have something to transport them to the fucking villa, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So that dude, out of control. One of the best examples of uh, this shit should be illegal. Well, Kenneth Copeland as well. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's, he's got multiple private jets, and he got questioned by Dateline. You know, shout out to fucking Dateline. Yeah. We will, well, sponsor, we will be sponsored by y'all for, like, pennies on the fucking dollar. Yeah. You guys are the shit. Yeah, like, I love I Dateline. Don't, I don't give a fuck about your political views. Like Dateline is the absolute tits. That in sixty minutes. Yeah. Like, but anyways, Dateline did a doc or a uh, interview with them and was like, "Isn't it true that you said like you don't want to get in the tube full of a bunch of demons and all this stuff?" And he's like, yeah. "You need to watch your mouth. I never did say that." Blah blah blah. And they got that dude. They got yeah. a video of him doing it, like saying. Get in a long two with a bunch of demons, you know? That dude, um, that interview is the one where he's getting in the car. Where he's like hanging yeah, yeah. over the door. I know exactly what you're talking about. but And she's like, how much did you pay? Because he bought Tyler Perry's jet. Yeah, like, that like, says a lot. Like, a lot. Because he says that. He's like, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry made us a great deal on this jet, you know? Yeah, Tyler Perry's a good man. He made us a... An offer that I'd, I'd be crazy to not buy it, you know. It's got 9.1 million views on YouTube, that video. Yeah, and she was just like, well, how much did you pay uh, for that jet, for example? And he's like, for example, that's none of your business. Yeah, you he's know? very. He's, they talk all that shit, you know, but he's wearing like a Gucci suit 
and riding around in Escalades with private security, yeah. living in mansions, writing it all off. Yep. They write all that shit off. They buy it. So when I watched that deposition from the Pastor David, they, or the Apostle David, they buy it all through the church mm-hmm. so that they register it as a retreat. Or like, those jets, they write off his travel expenses. But one of the other reasons he said he bought that jet was he's like, I'm preaching every weekend all over the world. I can't be flying around in a Delta airline trying to make it places. Like, yeah. like we got to have jets. But instead of getting, like, a normal jet, you know, like... Fucking Learjet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could get, like, a little Cessna yeah. and put around in it. A little doctor no, no, no. killer. They want the $70 million fucking top-of-the-line, like... It was, like, a G550 or something. They bought, yeah. like, a Gulfstream, I think. Yeah. Either a Goldstream or a Learjet or like something crazy, not a little Cessna put around, fart around plane. Like no, there was no bullshit. Yeah, these guys go all out, and yeah, it's all tax free. It is all tax free donations. Fucking like, I wonder if that guy. Like, I'm not saying Kenneth Copeland would ever listen to our podcast, but do you think he would sue us if he heard us using his voice on here? I don't think so. And honestly, I mean, once it hits YouTube, they got all those, like, fair use clauses and all that shit. Right there, fair use notice. The use of the following media material is protected by the fair use clause of the U.S. Copyright Act 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education. There you go. So here they are defending their private description. Amos chapter 6. Brother Copeland, I was flying home from a meeting, and I had come out of a glorious meeting. I had just finished, me and Cruffalo Dollar were preaching. Had a glorious meeting. So I was, Jesse for lack of a better way to say it, I was spiritually him. high. I said, people yeah. were saved, touched, and blessed. Got in the plane that God so graciously gave us. We're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord, real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. He said, then he said this, so that's it? I didn't know how to handle that for me. I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? And when he said that, that shocked me. I went, whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane. I stood up. My pilots looked around and said, do you need something? I said, no, no, I'm talking to God right now. And he went back to flying. I said, Lord, I don't think I was letting my faith stagnate. He said, so this is all I could ever do. I said, you want, you, you're trying to tell me something. He said, go to the book of Amos. So if you had the book of Amos, I want to read may, the scripture. May I interrupt right you there yes, for a second? And this is you could have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what would you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> you can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. That, this, this is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, in, in the first place, Jesse and, 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 and I and, and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, they, the world is in such a shape. We can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today. I think this is actually the part where he goes into the tube full of demons, mm-hmm. this interview. So I'll play, I'll play a few more minutes of it or another minute and then we'll, we'll move on. I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative. At least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing, because you can't get there and from here. It's impossible. So we, we ha- and, and this was such a good illustration, I just, mm-hmm. the, the Lord impressed me. 
that's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Glory we to can, God. We, it's, we, it, it's when I was flying for Oral Roberts, the uh, brother Deweese, my my mm -hmm. boss on the airplane. So Oral Roberts, if you guys aren't aware, um, Oral Roberts was the first money preacher out there, the first uh, faith healer, like the originator of the faith healer movement. You know, making money off of tons and tons and tons of people like Oral Roberts started his own school where you could go there and essentially learn how to do what these people do scam people you know um, and make it sound religious so he was uh, Kenneth Copeland was one of Oral Roberts's like first little predecessors you know he learned under him he got his all of his like learning from Oral Roberts and then uh, the way that they were interacting was Kenneth Copeland was Oral Roberts's pilot so mm -hmm. I guess Kenneth Copeland finally got fed up with having to fly somebody around and was like I'm gonna do this money preaching shit get a bunch of money and then if I want I can fly myself because he still has his pilot's license or I can have someone else fly me in my brand new private jet talking to the lord so yeah you can uh keep playing well you can't you can't stand up in a regular airline and talk to god what the what was where they were going with that he yeah. said now kenneth this is sanctuary it protects the anointing on on uh, uh brother roberts. roberts and he said you keep your mouth shut don't talk to him unless he talks because when he's on a meeting, he doesn't talk to anybody but God. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back there then, man, mm -hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit. Sure. People coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and he works on you hard. It really does. So, I, anyway. But anyhow, he, he's asking for, I think it was $54 million in that, inter, like, that's what the jet ended up co costing. It was a Falcon, DeSalt, DeSalt Falcon, whatever. Yeah. I worked so, on those a little bit in one of the places I was. They're, they're, they're not, like, they're on par with a Gulfstream or, like, a Challenger. Like, they're right there at the top, too. Yeah. DeSalt Falcons. They're nice. It's crazy because <clears throat> if you look up, like Kenneth Copeland defending his jet, you'll find it all over the place. He talks about how, like, if you guys think you're getting uh, criticized and not not just criticized, but the word that a lot of you know these people like to use. Um, but regardless, like he talks about you know this um, not not complex. Well, it's a complex, but it's like. Persecution. That's oh, what okay. I was thinking yeah. of. It's like, if you want to feel true and real persecution, you have to buy yourself a jet. Like, like his listeners are able to afford a fucking Falcon or yeah. a Learjet or a Challenger or a Gulfstream. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, well, that's all you have to do is just buy a jet. And, and then, then you'll and, be persecuted. Well, then, he Ooh. says... Then, if you really want to feel persecution, buy yourself three. And I was like, yeah. Jesus, fuck. Like, of course you're going to be <laughs> at the center of, like, what the fuck is wrong with you when people are starving and dying in the same cities 
that he's preaching in and he's flying around in a 54 million dollar jet like but and that's the thing like you know i i do say that a lot of preachers are 100 percent behind their message you know they, right. they believe it 100 percent. but there are a vast majority it's just like the police you know like there are some good cops out there a fuckload of them are just shitheads that got bullied in school or something like that it's the same thing with preachers yeah but the good preachers live the good preachers i think they live in the house provided by the church that's like a a modest house that's like like where i grew up the the church the southern baptist church that we used to go to it had a house on the property like right beside the church and it was you know it was a two or three bedroom house yeah but it was like a fucking normal house these guys are living in million dollar man and that's bullshit when they say they bought it for the church that they don't that's not home yeah i think that because like that dude the apostle he had an apartment that he maintained also like this tiny little shithole apartment he's not driving there at night i no. think we'll go out to the retreat tonight and host a little get together and if we sleep there we sleep there yeah motherfucker he's got towels toothbrushes soap and shit everywhere yeah you know and yeah that's the same thing with me like the church that my family used to go to a long time ago the house that was on the land for the church was like it was a single single story little brick house that was i think it was two bedrooms or two or three bedrooms right like it wasn't this massive fucking 80 million dollar home you know overlook overlooking the pacific you know so i think this whole faith healing movement and you know milo i think that was his name the the preacher that ended up blowing the whistle and everything it was like milo something but he talked about it too about that thousand dollars in a cookie jar right and he's like you know if you're on radio across the nation and you have eight hundred thousand listeners or six hundred thousand listeners and then he's like if you talk about this oh if you're a if you're an older woman and you got a thousand dollars in a cookie jar like just send it over to me the lord told me it's like chances are ten thousand people of the eight hundred thousand are gonna have a thousand dollars in a cookie jar you know yeah maybe not anymore because people don't really store their money like that but back in the 80s yeah like, he's like, maybe it's in a box in your closet or between your mattresses. Yeah. You know, he's like, like you're going to get 10,000, 20,000 people, you know. And if you got $1,000 per that ten or 20,000 people, you it know. It just never stops coming, though. I mean, you think about, like, people like they. So, supposedly, too, the like, one thing I heard about the Kenneth Copeland was that he would pray over your, he would pray over your letter. When you send him a letter, that was, like, the scam. You send him the letter with the money. And he prays over it, and then that God answers your prayers, and then he sends you a check. So, and uh, I saw a guy that used to work for him that got out, like a whistleblower for Kim mm-hmm. Copeland. He was like, they don't see any of that. He said, we open the letters, throw the check in one box, throw the letter in the other box. He's like, and then they had a priest that was like, I prayed over some of it while I was doing it, you know. He said, but he said they never saw any of it. They yeah. never touched any of it. So. That same the same young guy, the whistleblower, he said they they invested in the center he was in. They invested he was in the main center, like north of Dallas, I think is where it is. They invested in a printer 
that would print like it you couldn't tell the difference between what it printed and a handwritten letter so it would print it and he said they would just like they would just upload names into it you know like if they got a letter from janice dickens and you know cleveland ohio they just janice dickens and it would print dear janice dickens blah blah and then it would print ken's name at the end it looked like a signature and it would say sincerely ken so then they would fucking mail these letters back to these people and these people were running around telling all their their friends at church i got a letter back from kenneth copeland like the kenneth Copeland, you know and then yeah. they're like oh my god so of course when that happens more people are gonna be like well janice got a letter i'm sending a letter one. yeah and they also had this little pamphlet with a uh, Kenneth Copeland. I think it was Kenneth Copeland. It was one of the money preachers. He's one of the worst. Uh, it had his handprint on there. And it said to, like, put your hand on his. Yeah. And then, you know, write down your prayer request. Send it to him with a seed of, like, $100 yeah. or $10 or whatever. Yeah, a seed. Yeah, plant your seed. And they get that from the Bible. skewered and skewered. Yeah. But... They send it in to them, and they said a lot of times they would divert the mail to the bank instead yeah, yeah. of instead of going to like Kenneth Copeland yeah. Ministries or whatever, like Jesse Duplantis Ministries. It would just reroute to the bank, right? And you'd have bank tellers opening up the letter, taking the check, trash. Yeah, open up the letter, take the That's, check. I saw trash. that one too. That report, and I was like, Hi, damn! And they said, uh, "Yeah, they never prayed over them. They never." did anything like that they would just yeah appreciate the money and then uh a couple of them started getting called out for these like the scams and all that shit which brought me into another little rabbit hole of the supporting the children thing yeah like you know sponsoring a kid and all that shit for only 25 dollars a month or 15 dollars a month or whatever they said that a lot of times like there was this one guy that they they talked about oh he runs 84 orphanages in haiti and all this stuff this guy ran one orphanage full of 14 kids yeah and what they would do is they would print out you know your the name of your church and all this other stuff and then take a picture with you like hugging these kids with your banner in the background yeah and they had, like, where they would shoot the photo looked, like, really shitty, like, just kind of ran Detroit down. Or L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. Like L.A. And they'd take that photo, and then you could take that photo and show it to your congregation and be like, yeah. look, this is what we're going to support. This guy was in on the scam, too. He yeah. said if uh, a lot of times you'd have, like, two, maybe 3,000 people sponsoring one child. Mm-hmm. And he said if you get... Because uh, Dateline, shout out, yeah. they uh, they sent people there undercover to act like they were starting a church and wondering like how they could get in on doing the, you know, supporting the children ministries yeah. and all that stuff. And he's like, oh, it's simple. You just claim it. <laughs> just lie to you them. You just claim this. He's like, you send me the money. And he said, as long as I get $25 per kid, he's like, I'll send you the rest. So if you make $500 per kid, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. At least I'm getting something out of it. You're getting something out of it. So, and he would like funnel it back to the church. And he said one of the people got caught because they were collecting like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of donations for one child. Yeah. And then only sending him like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Yeah. 
IRS caught on and was like, no, 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 no. And he got sent to prison. So, and kind of spite of that, they started doing it where they would send the guy that ran this one little fucking air quotes orphanage. They would mm-hmm. send him all the money. He would take his cut and then tithe to the church. Yeah. Like, you know, send it back through tithes or offering like a slush fund. Yeah. Like it's just money laundering though. Yeah, it is. I mean, a, a slush fund, money laundering, like just cleaning that money. Yeah. So I want I want to make sure too that we don't miss at least mentioning uh, Joel Olstein. Yeah, because that he is that dude's one of the like squeaky clean, mm-hmm. but one of the worst. Like that dude, if you watch him talk, he sounds like like the stuff he says. Like he says he gets no salary from the church. Yeah, that he relies only on his book sales <laughs> and his blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I found out. This motherfucker lives in a 17,000 square foot mansion yep. in River Oaks, estimated at $10.5 million, this house, you know, with his family. He's the senior pastor at the church, which he says he gets no salary, but I want you to just, like, shot in the dark, what do you think the annual budget for this church is? $150 million? $70 million. Seventy so, million. Seventy million dollar annual budget for the church. But see, all right, say you have Jeez, how many congregants does he have? Forty three thousand. Forty three thousand just he he has his <laughs> own like network too. Like own T V shows yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So when he comes out with a book, he has like multiple number one bestsellers, like New York's yeah, yeah. bestsellers or whatever, like all that shit. Yeah, because he sells 43,000 co- 43, copies that Sunday. Instantly. Yeah. You know, and he starts pumping them out of his church. He's like, got it at the door. Yeah. Yo, we just did this. I'm doing book signing yeah. later. You know? And I bet because they're bought at the church that they don't get any taxes on that either because it's a church yeah. thing. And what's crazy is not only that, but he has an audience on TV of probably in the millions. Yeah. You know? So you got to think. Of course he doesn't need some fucking $100,000 a year salary from the church if he's instantly got, let's say, per book he's making $30. At least. Because you know they're like those nice, big, glossy, shiny, yeah. full picture. Maybe 50 He can charge bet. whatever he wants. He can charge $100. Yeah. At least 43,000 people are going to fucking buy it that day. Yeah. You know, yeah. he doesn't need $100,000 a year if he pumps out a book once every fucking five years. Yeah. like. True, he, and he and he's this dude's like um, I don't want to say like not not like um no no not ma- like mafia kind of guy, but I'm just saying like this guy's like and I don't think he's that smart of a businessman so much. Like he found his niche and he exploited it, but along the way he's he's made connections with people that'll get him like fucking that skyrocket. Like he had a he has a uh, he had, he hosted an event at his Lakewood church in 2018. In collaboration with rapper Kanye West. It was called Kanye Sunday Service. So he got Kanye West to come to the church and do a fucking a show, right? As per media reports, the event was attended by 17,000 people. So you can only imagine if you think about it like if you have a church and you're like, hey, Kanye West is going to be here. All right, everybody in Dallas is coming. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Or wherever this guy is. But maybe not now. No. No. If you did it in Germany, now. then maybe everybody would yeah. come. But <laughs> um, so seventeen thousand people, and you know it was, and people streamed it, of course. But he also held his Easter service during COVID nineteen with Mariah Carey and Tyler Perry. Jesus. Both. Both. Yeah, and he, all two of them was there. He's like Oprah. He Honestly, goes on Oprah. Like, but he's like Oprah <laughs> in the sense he's not really a preacher. He's like a motivational speaker. Like, yeah. Have you ever listened to any of his sermons or anything? Oh yeah, I mean like, like never like just a full two hours no, no, no. of talking. But yeah, no, yeah. That's what I mean it's all like white teeth and yeah. He's he's talking God. about like everybody's going to heaven, nobody's going to hell. Like, which cool. But he's just being a motivational speaker and slapping like a Jesus label on it and getting tax-free status, you know? Yeah. Like, so it says that in 2003, Lakewood Church, where he, where he pastors, acquired the Compact Center, former home of the NBA Houston Rockets <laughs> and, you know, AHL, American Hockey League, Houston, whatever, they don't mm-hmm. count, and renovated it. So they bought a fucking arena and renovated it. And so, uh, in 2008, Lakewood Church's weekly service TV program that you were talking about, his TV channel, <laughs> was viewed in more than a hundred countries, and they and they estimate that seven million people per week watch that show or that. It's channel. on the Victory Network, right? Fuck, I don't know. I think it's those. the Victory Network or some or shit. The o Network. But yeah, dude, this shit is crazy. And then, did you hear about the scandals? about there being like six million dollars in the wall of the church uh, for Olstein? yeah i didn't hear about that one yeah so apparently um they had money go missing so they reported it like his security detail which if you have a church that has a security detail like yeah that's insane but anyways his security detail made a police report did all the whole thing um filed it as like a robbery something like six i think it was either six hundred thousand or six million dollars something like that um just get taken out of the church somehow it just went missing years later like three or four years later they had a sink or a toilet yeah that was leaking i got the article right here so yeah the plumber went in yep started tearing out the wall to see what was going on and money Let's see, cash and checks. 200000 in cash and 400000 in checks had yeah. been stolen. Had started just falling out of the wall. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck? So they had already collected. And I was like, hold on. So you mean to tell me that somebody went there to steal money from the church? And instead of getting a hold of, can you imagine how heavy that would be? Six hundred thousand of cash and checks. He said. He said. It was, all right. So I'm. I'm just going to plug in where where you're going with this because okay. I found it. There's loose toilet in the wall, and when he moved the tile, he said he went on a morning show. He said he went to remove the toilet. A moose miscellation weighing about five hundred envelopes fell out of the wall. That's that's just the five hundred that gave it away. And then his reaction was, "Oh wow!" So he contacted the maintenance supervisor and gave the church the envelopes. You know where he? The morning show they're talking about. 103, 100.3 FM. I believe it was Howard Stern's show. Was it? I believe so. But 
So yeah, it, it was like, can you imagine how fucking heavy that would be? So one man, you're telling me, went to this church to steal money, and instead of taking it anywhere else, taking it and bury it under a fucking tree, he decides to hide it behind a shitter in the church. Yeah. How the fuck does that make sense? But they, they have insurance on all, like... So what I've heard is after this came out, they started looking into the church more and found out that even their tithes are insured. Yeah. Their fucking tithes and offerings yeah. are insured because they can go, okay, each week we bring in approximately blank. $90 billion. $900 quadrillion, right? Yeah. But each week they bring in a certain amount. And I, I think it's somewhere in like hefty hundreds of thousands each week yeah if they don't make that they can file a claim an insurance claim to collect on the money so that's what they did this time they said hey all this money went missing it's crazy don't know what happened and because their tithes and offerings were insured they yeah. still collected that six hundred thousand dollars or however much they oh, i'm gonna tell you in just a minute let's hear it so here's the numbers for lakewood church Weekly services and programs, $31.7 million. Night of Hope events, $6.7 million. TV ministry, $25.1 million. General and administrative, $11.5 million. But their, their shit is insured. How wild is that? That doesn't make any sense to where you can insure tithes and offerings. Fuck. But yeah, so. But check whole, this out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The whole faith healing movements are—they're fucked. Like, there's a preacher who's covered in tattoos and everything. Yeah. And talks about kicking a lady in the face with his biker boot. He, he talks about how the spirit of God came over him and said, "Kick her in the face with your biker boot." Like, yeah. You know, and if you ever hear this, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But uh talks about kicking her in the face with his biker boot and all that shit came out a little bit later that he had like sex scandals with men women kids like all sorts of shit but he apparently has seen i think he said 37 people raised from the dead yeah which is better than jesus yeah. <laughs> like even the reports of like the christians that push the bible that want people to believe this this particular man that kicks an elderly lady in the face has seen more people raised from the dead than Jesus. And then they're like, well, at least he didn't raise from the dead. Are you talking about Aaron Davis? Does that sound right? Maybe. The tattooed preacher? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, uh, and then they're like, well, at least he says he, you know, he doesn't say that he got raised from the dead. Actually... In Africa, he says that he had a heart attack and died, seen his body, and then raised himself from the dead. An NDE, a near-death experience, an out-of-body, and he was like, get up, bitch, you ain't done. Yeah, he raised himself up. from the dead. I have to back up. Those numbers I gave you were their breakdown for what they spend in a year. Sorry, mm. that's not what they make in a year. Their annual budget's $89 million, with 90% of the money coming from church followers, and out of this income, only 1% goes to charitable causes. So, I know that sounds bad, 
but that's still like what eight point nine million dollars. Even still, <laughs> that's still quite a chunk. But, but anyhow, anyhow. But uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to throw in real quick because we got to wrap this up. The the bur- the money the guy found in the wall, the plumber. Burglary and theft investigators responded, and an undisclosed amount of money was inventoried, documented, and left in the custody of the church since it was found on their property. Wow. And they probably had already claimed the insurance yeah. for it. Because this happened years later. Yeah. 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 And so one thing about Peter Popoff that I want to cover on that guy, because we kind of hit on him yesterday. Yeah. Where he got busted with the earpiece and all that shit. Yeah. Well, apparently... He immigrated to America, and uh, his his dad, Peter Popoff Sr., I guess, mm-hmm. he was one of them preachers that went around collecting money and like doing these faith healings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Peter Popoff said that he had seen his dad turn water into wine, like, do all this shit. Yeah. And they always claim these fucking crazy miracles that nobody ever seems to collect the data on camera. Yeah. Or, like, if there's camera crews there, it's just like the psychics, you know, that James Randi would do. Yeah. He would, uh, as soon as the cameras were rolling, they were like, oh, well, I don't feel strong yeah. enough. I don't feel the power. It's the same shit, but people still buy into it. Yeah. He said that, uh, Peter Popoff said him and his wife were able to go over 50 miles on a nickel of gas because Jesus had shown them how to. Yeah. Like, just this crazy shit that, like, people go, yeah, that that sounds believable. So Jesus was in the back seat turning water into gasoline for them while they were yeah. driving across Arizona. Gotcha. Don't worry, buddy, I got you. Hey, that guy, uh, Miracle Spring Water, yeah. you're talking about, uh, promotions are still running on TV in the United States of Canada in 2023. So you know what you get from that? You Cancer. get a little salt packet Yeah. that is that comes into, like, the barbecue fucking utensil little plastic thing yeah, yeah a little salt and pepper pack yep you get a little salt packet and a little bottle or little plastic like thing a vial of bleach yeah. water yeah. that you're supposed to drink you're supposed to uh put ten dollars in an envelope with your prayer message sprinkle the salt on it and send it to him yeah and then he sends you something back and then you're supposed to put like a hundred dollars in it and send it back to them. Like, but people just don't think logically. They don't go, "This sounds fucking crazy." These people are insane. They go, "Oh my god, these guys are up." Uh, Peter Popov's miracle water is com- is comprised of water obtained from a spring near Chernobyl. <laughs> so even worse, it comes from a spring near one of the biggest radioactive accidents that's ever happened. So I think we got to wrap this up. We need up. to cover that too, Chernobyl. Yeah, we should. I'll have to put it in the notes, but yeah, I think we got to got to start wrapping this up though. If y'all, if y'all want to see, oh my god, go ahead. It's if, fine. Leave it. Leave it. It's fine. If y'all want to see something crazy, just look into Jesse Duplantis visits heaven. It's oh yeah. The weirdest shit ever. Him and like pretty much any faith healer that claims they went yeah. to heaven, just listen to their shit. That lady like, that goes up and comes back all the time. Yeah, who fights off storms with her stick. Yeah. You know, that kind of... These people are uh, fucking nuts. I don't understand how anybody can buy into this shit. I, I don't either. Brainwashing, indoctrination, it's powerful yeah. shit. But you got anything else? Uh, question everything and keep it greasy. 
that's going to be it from us here at the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. Remember, if you're going to get greasy, go knuckles deep. That's right. Holy shit, what is that? What the fuck? Get ready for fucking ear cancer. Here it comes.